Cinnabuds is brought to you by Associated Bank and Steinhoffel. Cinnabuds, Cinnabuds, two buddies, buddies talking about cinema. Hey! Hi, uh, two buddies talking about cinema. That's Cinnabuds. I am 88.9's Justin Barney. I'm Milwaukee Films' Christopher Pollard. And this is Cinnabuds. Today, we are talking about the movie The Art of Self-Defense. I want you to tell me why you're here. I'm afraid. I'm afraid of the dark. I'm afraid of other men. (laughs) I want to be what intimidates me. You came to the right place. The Art of Self-Defense is the second movie from writer and director Riley Stearns. Okay, Polly, what is The Art of Self-Defense about? Uh, it stars Mr. Jesse Eisenberg yes. uh, as a one of his two characters that he usually does. This one is meek and small yes. as opposed to smug and smart. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, d- don't give it's no criticism. He's great at it. Right. Um, and he plays a kind of, again, meek, small guy who's tired of being afraid. He's picked on. He's mugged. He's assaulted. And he, he can't stand up for himself. So he discovers a karate class that he thinks will help him assert himself. And the sensei of the dojo, I'm using a lot of insider terms Very here, everybody, nice. uh, be, takes a special interest in him and their relationship goes bonkers. That's a good synopsis. Yeah. That's a nice job. Just sum Hold it up. On. Quick, quick, broad stroke. Yes. And um, what did you think about the art of self-defense? I had a very interesting feeling about this movie. Okay. Which is that it's a comedy. It's a dark comedy. Yeah. I laughed a little bit. All my laughs were mostly like, (laughs) they were were mild laughs. Yeah. And yet I really loved the tone of it. Actually, I had to think about it for a while, but I think I really like it actually. Oh, that's good because I really didn't like it. I felt that vibe from you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I I thought that it was supposed to be funny. Yeah. Um, I did not laugh once. Yeah. I did not find the humor funny. I I know you didn't laugh once because surprisingly I was in the same theater yes. as you were. We discovered that at the end. Yes. It was a pretty empty theater. <clears throat> and uh I like I felt like I knew what it was trying to do. It was yeah. trying to like, you know, tackle this masculinity yeah. and I felt like it did it in a way that was ineffective. Other movies have done it way better. Yeah. I felt like it was super obvious what was going to happen, what was going on. And uh, I just felt like, can this be it? Well, I will say that there was a lot of things in that happened that I was surprised by. And we'll talk about the ending later. Um, but yeah, they, they do try to tackle toxic masculinity. However, I'm not sure how much of it is tackling it rather than just using it as a platform for what he really intended to do, which was to make this, and this is my guess, tonally strange, dark comedy that, I don't know if this is the intention, but the fact that I wasn't laughing really hard didn't make me, I still thought the humor was good. I just thought it was strange and interesting, and that's why I kind of eventually came around to like, I think this is a decent movie. It's just one of those that are kind of it's going to fly kind of mid-range as far as comedies go because it's not like Yeah, I I just think that I, all the the humor in the comedy was negative and was poking fun at aspects and things and despite me being negative about this movie, yeah. I am generally like when <laughs> things are more take a positive look or if they're making fun of something have uh you know, have a perspective that yeah. uh shows like the good side. 
something. And I just felt like this movie was just wrong in all the wrong ways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It certainly was interesting. It was. And we're going to talk about, we're going to dig into Jesse Eisenberg a little bit in the podcast too. Where yes. Some stuff to say, but I have more stuff to say about the script and everything too. So it'll be interesting. We're going to talk about this movie more when we come back. Support for Cinebuds comes from your membership and Associated Bank, proud supporter of Milwaukee Film, offering support year-round through Milwaukee Film Checking. More about Associated Bank's commitment to Milwaukee Film at associatedbank.com slash mkefilm. Member FDIC. Support for Cinebuds comes from your membership and Steinhoffel's Furniture, fourth-generation family-owned furniture and mattress retailer serving southeastern Wisconsin since 1934. Steinhoffel's offers leather and upholstery, dining and bedroom furniture, plus fireplaces and mattresses. Online shopping at steinhoffels.com. And oh. we're back. We're back, we're back, we're back. Um, I think we're going to have to go spoilerish. Yeah, there's going to be some spoilers. There's no way that we can talk about this. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is a way that we can talk about it, but I think... <laughs> we choose not more, to. We choose not to. So we're going to be spoiling this movie. Yeah. Enter spoily a dish. Okay, so Christopher, yeah, this movie it solves a problem that it proposes in yeah. the movie, which is that masculinity at this height is not great for you. <laughs> yeah, and to say the it least. causes problems. I just didn't think it did it in a very nuanced or interesting way. It yeah. was just like everything about it is as masculine as it can possibly be. Yeah. And uh, well, from one side of it, from the sensei side of it, it's just he all he's pushing is like that's metal, not a masculine dog, karate, that's not masculine music, just literally just saying so. It. He's it's an exaggerated, you know, obviously, or you know, to be honest, probably not exaggerated, but a <laughs> version right. of that kind of guy. And then you have the counterpart, which is Jesse Eisenberg, who's quiet, and meek, and he's trying to adapt to that, and it's not going well for him. And then you have Imogen Poot's character, who's a woman who is trying to excel and is like the best student uh, that Sensei has, but he won't advance her as far as she should go because she's a woman, and he talks about that a lot. And it doesn't show any counterpoint to masculinity other than right at the end. Yeah. Right at the end, it like it wraps up nicely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Jesse Eisenberg wins, and uh, the girl gets to be the top, and it's like, Okay, well, the masculinity is dead, and we have overthrown it. Yeah, and, and that's I just the, if they're if they're gonna go for that, if that's gonna be the result they have, that is the biggest problem I had with it, yeah. which is that the, another man Those, takes out the yep. hyper masculine one and then gives essentially yep. the reins to a woman. As I love that. To, yeah. Like she's earned it. Her character is tough, and yep. she earns it. So the character, I have no problem with her character, other than it's not more of a focus of the film. But she, her not taking it for herself, if that's your goal of this film is to have some of that addressed, it doesn't. That doesn't do it in the best way. It just fought masculinity with masculinity. Yeah, it did. It, it 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 was like, hey, this masculinity is bad. You know how we counter this by being more masculine. Yeah. That I was will, literally that was the whole counterpunch to masculinity yeah. was just being more masculine. And I will say though, since it is a comedy, I give it a little bit more room because it doesn't. Have to, it's not always necessarily trying to send a message. Sometimes it's like lampooning that message. And the one of my favorite parts, and this is the spoiler dish uh, yeah. <laughs> supreme, is at the end he challenges him to a hand-to-hand combat. They face off, and he pulls out a gun and shoots him in the head. 
which right. I did not see. I knew a gun was going to come back because they talk about it at the beginning and they talk about guns being weak. Yeah. I knew it was going to come back, but he used it so abruptly at the end that I actually laughed. I like that part made me laugh because you are using an extended version of this masculinity and violence to solve it. Right. Yeah. I and I I thought that I I did like that part. Yeah. I like that, you know, it was I didn't see that coming yeah. and uh, was, you know, thought that it was a little funny. But for being a comedy, I just really didn't think it was any of it yeah. was funny. I will say the script is interesting because... I don't want to say I didn't say that any of it was funny because right. there were parts that I laughed and that right. is just saying, you know, that's a blanket statement that is wrong. I thought that it was... I At thought that parts of, of it humor, were funny, yeah. but I didn't think that it was, like, overwhelmingly clever or sure. witty or there were... You know, I didn't think that it was... I didn't think that the funny parts outweighed what it was trying to say. Right. And I felt like it, the message was more important than the comedy and... I, you know, yeah. it outweighed it in a way that I just didn't like. Sure. I think the script is interesting. When I was thinking about how it was, you know, if you just take the the, the dialogue and the action, yeah, it, it could have been filmed in a different tone, tonal way because the jokes in there are solid jokes. And the tone, like the the way he speaks is very stilted and and and, uh, and proper, uh, Jesse Eisenberg's character. Yeah. Sure. Some of the jokes are Super like direct. explaining something that you obviously everybody already knows, right? Uh, which I found funny. There's some really good jokes in there, or like funny moments, yeah, that could have been played more broadly to a better effect, yeah, for for a, a broader audience. I feel like they chose to do a more like the tone was a more divisive tone because they were trying to be more absurdist. And dark and not and not broad. They were trying to hone in on a very tone, a very specific tone, which which sacrificed like big belly laughs for like a more arty tone, I guess. Which I could see go either way. I happened to like it once I thought about it, but it wasn't like a obvious. I like this movie when I watched it, so I did have to struggle with it. Yeah, and I I don't like. I feel like it didn't need like belly laughs. Yeah, but even the. The tone, I, I just yeah. feel, just was kind of off the mark yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. That happens. Um, I saw, I saw the trailer. Yeah. Did you see the trailer before going in? Yes. I felt like watching the trailer. I was like, I know everything that's going to happen. Oh, probably. Yeah. It just felt like I mean, there, there were a, no yeah. real surprises. It was like he gets beat up by this motorcycle gang, and then he gets into self defense. And I was like, I saw in the trailer. That he says, like, why are you doing this to me? Or, like, what? And I was like, well, obviously the motorcycle gang is this dude. It was like, there was yeah. no surprises. There was no, there was no, nothing to drag you off that scent. And there was really no other story arc or subplot or anything going on other than the one that just was straight ahead and seemingly right there. And if you saw the trailer, no surprises. I agree. The trailers are just are such a difficult thing i love trailers but they're so challenging i agree for the most part i did find a lot of the ending surprising and different but the, yeah you do see most of it in there and the funny thing is when i saw the trailer i'm like looks sort of like a fight club tone with maybe a cable guy mixed in because this guy who like kind of takes over and you think he's kind of mm -hmm. anyway and i was watching it i'm like yeah that's what it was fight club meets cable guy that is great <laughs> Okay, let's talk about Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg is far and away the lead character in this, yeah. has the majority of the lines, yeah. and a lot of it is kind of hinged on him. 
I think he's great in this role. Yeah. I, I think that if it was anybody else, it would not be the same movie. Yeah. And uh, it was a role that was made for him. Um, I love Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah. I think he's great. So let's talk about Jesse Eisenberg. Occasionally I forget about Jesse Eisenberg when somebody brings him up. I'm like, yeah, you know, whatever. And then when I actually look back and remember his body of work and the, the things he does. For sure. I'm real. I was like, no, yeah, he's really excellent. He is great. Because I stand by what I said at the beginning. Yes, he, he has two characters. I love that. He has it's meek so and small, and smart and smug. Yes, those are two two sets. So let's let's run through some of the meek and <laughs> let's do some of the best oh, yeah, meek see. and small, and then smug and smart. Well, agree. I think smug and smart would definitely be Social Network. Yeah, Lex Luthor. Lex, Lex Luthor. Luthor. Yeah. Yes, smug and smart. Um, a one that straddles the line, which I really like, is the double. Uh, oh my God! That is, is on my movie, yeah. list because he does both. <laughs> he plays he does both, both of his characters in that movie. The Double is such an incredible movie. It's really interesting. Uh, it yeah. was one that was on Netflix for a while, and I yeah. had it just like in my queue, and I was like, "I'm saving this for a rainy day." And then yeah. the rainy day happened, and I was like, "This script is insane!" Yeah, and it was like written by. It was like based on a short story by like Dostoevsky or something, yeah. something like that. Came out the same year as Enemy with Jake Gyllenhaal, which is also based on Notes from the Underground by Dostoevsky. They were both very different movies, but they were both about doppelgangers. The double was so incredible. If you have not seen the double, yeah. skip the art of self-defense and get and see the double Double's because it really was good. so incredibly good. Yeah, he does a really good job. I genuinely so even within these two characters that he does. I think there are layers of each. And that's really interesting. When I was watching Art of Self-Defense, I'm like, this is a subtly different version of the meek and small character you do. Yes. And I had this argument a long time ago with a friend because I was like, no, the only good actors are versatile actors. Like an actor is is meant to play many different parts. Right. I still do kind of, uh, I kind of pulled towards those actors. I find them more fascinating. But I have a strong I appreciation for people who like have a lane and do a great job in that lane. I really like people that are in the lane and that you watch them in a performance and you're like, well, this is this person's personality. If you listen to an interview with Jesse Eisenberg, yeah. he talks really fast. Yeah. You know, like that is that's just kind of a who Jesse Eisenberg is. He's got that delivery that's like super fast and it sounds like he's saying what he yeah. it sounds like he's got it in his head Hyper before he gets it out and it, and it, it sounds like laced with anxiety yeah, yeah. and like he's sweating as he says it yeah and like that's like that's just jesse eisenberg i love that he brings that to his character he doesn't yeah. try to shed that yeah, and that he when he does meek and that. mild yeah he he like he leans into that and yeah. he is like his body is tight and yeah. his shoulders are you know up on his neck and uh, he speaks fast and he is meek and that is his character i i love that and then you I, go I into another really film where like uh, not even social network, but like like the other character, the confident character in the double, where he'll play a very smart, smug, confident character. He does that just as well, which are right. kind of opposites. Right. He plays them like verbally and tonally kind of similar, which is interesting. Um, I also I, I find uh, oh when I was watching an interview with him when he did the double, which was directed and written by Richard Iwadi. He's one of my. He's a hilarious British comedian. Yeah. Um. And he's also he's very much like Jesse Eisenberg. He's very dry and intelligent and uh, and neurotic. But him listening or watching Jesse Eisenberg react to Richard Iwadi, just cracking up. And I, I was like, I don't think I've ever seen Jesse Eisenberg laugh, especially this hard. And it was kind of interesting to see him do something like he's just so into it. 
Love but that. yeah, he's a, he's pretty solid, I think. Yeah. Um, other Jesse Eisenberg movies that I wanted to talk about. Yeah. The Living Wake. Did you ever see The Living one. Wake? Uh-uh. The Living Wake was like peak, like 2007 twee hipsterism. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Done really great. Really? In a, like in a really great way. It's like everything about it is super like of that time. I remember being like, this is peak you know, this, like the zeitgeist. And um, and it's great. I love The Living Wake so much. It was so offbeat. Yeah. And uh, shot really beautifully and kind of strange and indie in a super fun way. Yeah. Uh, the Living Wake was great. I'll have to check it out. It I was, it was I so good. About that I one. loved it. I also like uh, the same time, the same year he did the double, he did uh, a Kelly Reichardt movie called Night Moves. Had Which not seen that. Also, really wonderful, and he—it's a very interesting uh, film. She's a great director. So, on a night move. Yeah, is it based on the song "Night Move"? It is. It is mostly. Is it? No, I made that up. Oh. Not sure. <laughs> I would love to see a movie based <laughs> on "Night Moves." I would love that too. Louder than bombs uh, and end of the tour both came out the same year as well. Both really in-depth dramas interesting uh for end, sure end of the tour was my favorite movie that came out that year i loved end of the tour yeah, the david foster wallace sort of a biopic of a certain time and uh jesse eisenberg plays a, a reporter trying to get this extensive interview and friendship with david foster, with david wallace. foster wallace was really good and that was so great um david foster wallace played by oh uh jason of course his last name being Siegel? Siegel. Yeah. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes. Jason Siegel <laughs> does such a great job of David Foster Wallace. Yeah, he was great that year he too. He was incredible at playing that. I watched so many interviews with David Foster Wallace and he just nails all the little yeah. idiosyncrasies and like all the body movements and the speech pattern. He did a great job, and Jesse Eisenberg did a great job too. That was what's Jesse uh, Siegel doing? Movie. What's Jesse? Uh, J- not Jesse Siegel. Jason Siegel. Yeah. He had his like punch drunk love moment, like Adam yeah, Sandler for did, real. where like you, oh, you're a comedian getting into drama, which is usually a very successful uh, 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 formula because yeah. comedians tend to be able to do drama really well. Yeah. So I was excited. I was like, no, but and he got a lot of great praise for that, but for then he hasn't done much since then. So. Yeah. Bring it back. Bring it back. We love a dra- hardcore drama with with uh, Jason Siegel and Adam Sandler. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but make it just dry drama. You hear that, Netflix? Yeah. All right. What category is that in? Netflix. I feel like Netflix just drops Adam Sandler movies being like, we got the audience for this. Yeah. And then just puts it out there yeah, it's the it's click, it's just like it's gonna it's adam sandler is the is the catnip <laughs> you know for netflix it's like you don't want to pay 15 bucks 10 bucks not anymore to like see the adam sandler movie not the same but pole, then but like oh if it's on tv yeah, netflix it's easy. <laughs> yeah right he's a perfect tv I'll actor be honest, i watched that one that's out now with him and yeah the clue one it's or? absolutely horrendous it's one of the worst movies i've ever seen but funny. i watched it because i'm like i'm curious and i was at home and i couldn't move i was stuck under a dresser that's exactly what the, yeah i was like uh, I gotta adam do sandler it. movies are for yeah the people stuck under dressers there it is so yeah, else? movies, huh? What did you have any other Jesse Eisenberg or <laughs> no. just dovetailing? Dan no, Santa solid. Talk? Zombieland, great comedy. He's great in that. Meek and Small, that's his Meek and Small canon. Zombieland's a great one. 
But yeah, he does a good job. Also, shout out to Imogen Poots. Um, I really like it. her. She's British, and her American accent is amazing. I don't know if I I really know anything else. She, like was, her. In, she was she, she was, was also in Green Room. Good. Which oh came my out, which God. is phenomenal. Loved Green Room. Yeah. That's it. Yep. That is the art of so, self defense. See it or don't. See it or don't. That'll, we saw it down. Either of those options will please one of us apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, we are going to be talking about Quentin Tarantino's... Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yep. We're seeing it today. Cinebuds is edited by DJ Kenny Perez. (laughs) Our theme song is from Milwaukee's own Brett Newski. Oh, is that the news? We get handcrafted sonic inspiration from the licensed lab. We get support from Steinhoffel's Furniture and Associated Bank. They lift me up so I can fly with eagles. And that was good. Wow. <laughs> and Josh, we just had that one in the, in the pocket. Uh, we get support from your membership from 88.9 Radio Milwaukee members and yes. Milwaukee film members. All of you You see my name up on the big screen. Yeah. Uh, and also, thank you for listening. Thanks. Bye.